0: Hello, hello. All right, so welcome to officially episode two of Rebel Rider with me, Alyssa Schaefer. Um, If you hear any running around in the background, that's from my two-year-old getting his jollies out in the arena. Um, So anyway, um, today I am going to talk about... um, the equestrian world, and just <laughs> my dad used to always say it was a sport for kings, and you ain't got no crown. And you know, it, it's definitely. I mean, in in any sport, um, if you truly want to do something, like you, you have to earn it, no matter what. But if, um, but in terms of sports that cost a lot of money, like you have to earn it twofold, because not only do you have to work hard, and you have to gain um, knowledge and skills and whatnot, like, you have to get better at the sport, but in addition to that, with, um, with an expensive hobby, like, you also have to earn, like, a ton of money (laughs) just to keep participating, like, even to just show up every day, not even to gain the skills required to compete, you know, at any level or the level that you want to be at, and, um, I don't know if you hear the squealing, (laughs) but anyway, um, so, You know, it's definitely um, an everyday struggle and it's something that you, you don't just earn once, you earn time and time again. And so, um, you guys heard yesterday my backstory a little bit about how my mom, uh, or my parents cut me off from horses after my sister's horses died and you know, I had to figure out a way to earn um, horses myself, which of course started in the uh, restaurant industry. And um, one of the reasons it started there is because there's a lot of cash in the restaurant industry. You know, um, (laughs) uh, of course, I'm recording this. So if any government officials are listening, um, they probably already know. But, you know, there's a huge advantage to being able to take your cash tips home and, you know, you don't have to pay taxes on them. And, uh, well, you do. (laughs) So I guess (laughs) on the record, no, we never, you never take cash tips home and don't claim them the government. But um, regardless, you know, we're talking 10 years ago, but, um, you know, it's being able to take cash home and also, you know, by extension, how you're able to save that money. You know, one of the reasons that I think people have poor money management skills nowadays is that, you know, everything's plastic. So, you know, when it comes to spending money when you have to spend cash, you feel more of a deficit than when you just hand somebody plastic and it goes, swipe, 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 no problem. Especially if you have a credit card that's, (laughs) especially if you have a credit card that's, um, with a high limit on it, you know, like you can spend thousands of dollars in the blink of an eye and not even really think about it. So, uh, basically just to (laughs) Know where this rant is coming from? Today, I actually um, I bought a a custom made saddle for my competitive horse, and of course, you know, anyone listening to this podcast that's also an equestrian knows that um, saddles cost thousands of dollars, especially a custom made one. And um, while I am extremely um, grateful that you know he now has a piece of equipment that won't be hurting him, um, because the horse's comfortability i think is a really big piece to the puzzle of training a horse if a horse is uncomfortable, you know i imagine trying to run a mile in shoes that are a size too small like it you know not only is running the mile going to be difficult but you have the added challenge of your equipment not fitting and so um I'm, you know, as I'm very grateful that, you know, not only does he now have shoes that fit, but the, (laughs) he's got extra insoles and, um, padding and and all the, um, all the great things and extras that he could possibly need. But, um, so this just comes back to living in a world where, um, all the bills have tons of extra zeros on them, just for the sake of it, because um, horses are a luxury item for sure. And when you live in a luxury world and you're not a luxury person, um, it you know you're constantly playing this game of catch-up. But um, and you know, in addition to that, like everybody it, in in a in a luxury world, everybody expects you to maintain this level of um, I don't want to say aristocracy, but um, they expect you to maintain this level of stature, and um, at a certain point, if you're constantly trying to play catch-up, you know, there's just no way to um, actually compete at their level. You just have to figure out how to maintain. And, um, it, and I, hit, I you know, I got to a certain point where I had to make a decision, you know, I had to make decisions on what I wanted to spend money on, and then what what I you know, decided that I couldn't afford and it was not worth it to stress about it and so um, it, eventually I did figure out that um, what was going to make all the difference for me was if I was actually able to make money while I wasn't, or while I was with the horses, you know, so if, if you could create something you know, and finish whatever you personally want to do fill in your sentence here, but if you could create a business that made money for you while you were doing something else, then I could completely justify all the hours, the countless hours I spend with my horses and at the same time know that I'm still being profitable and, um, responsible at the same time. And so, um, now, uh, now since this is officially recorded, um, <laughs> that's um, pretty much the next chapter in my life, is I am on a mission to figure out how I can uh, create um, a business that works while I'm working. Um, because, you know, the problem with going to a job, like a job at a destination, and you know, where you're only working... so you're limited by a number of things. The first thing is you're limited by the number of hours you can work in a week. Like obviously like let's say the maximum number is 80 because you know, there are hours that you need to be sleeping and eating and God forbid you want to take a shower or something. Um, (laughs) and you know, when you work for, uh, and of course when you have a boss, like when you want like time off, like we all know what a fun thing that is to ask for. And so, um, my, I'm, you know, making a declaration, (laughs) Episode, episode one, backstory, episode two declaration that I want to figure out because I've never wanted handouts, you know, like, um, not that there's anything wrong with having a financial backer. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, you know, I've always just, I've wanted to earn it myself. And so my declaration for this podcast is that I want to be able to earn my dreams and goals, um, and figure out a way to, create financial freedom and income while I'm doing the thing that I love. Um, So there you have it. It's officially out in the open. (laughs) Um, You know, they say the first step is admitting you have a problem. Well, I think that the first step of a goal is saying it out loud and making sure that when you say it, you feel it as much as the person you're saying it to. Um, So anyway, uh, today will be a little short and sweet. But um, it's been a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to documenting that journey with you guys. All right. Have a great day, and let's – or I think that – I think our our saying for this podcast is going to be let's rebel. So (laughs) let's rebel. I hope you rebel today. Have a good one. (laughs) Bye.